I'm Janet Bastian. I'm married to Nesvin Tardisa. Um, we were stranded in Ethiopia due to the Australian government's COVID-19 travel restrictions um, throughout the whole of 2020 and a large part of 2021. So we were there when a whole lot of unrest was fermented by the West and the Middle East and Egypt. And uh, Mesfin listens to all the excellent um, Amharic language news reporting, which is not translated into English very much. Um, so people in Australia just cannot know what's going on when they're deliberately misled and when they don't have access to that Amharic language reporting. So I just wanted to say that Ethiopia's um, at war with 30 terrorists. They're perhaps worse than Hitler's Nazis and Mussolini's fascists. They've been, you know, they've learned very well how to torture in that mode and gang rape horrendously everybody, which is not an Ethiopian uh, part of Ethiopia's culture at all. It's really frowned upon. Mass shootings, Mass killing life. livestock, um, 1,200 in one area on one day. Um, Ethiopians are very kind to animals. They're very distressed by that. Foreign mercenaries are in with them. White people speaking white languages, um, ordering little boys' penises to be cut off because they're Jewish. Um, this is not a war against the Tigray people. Um, Ethiopians have 86 cultural groups and they all get along better than any other, you know, such a mix of cultures in any other part of the world. It is a war against the TPLF and that stands for Tigray People's Liberation Front. They've been around mm. since the 1980s and were in government for 27 years pillaged, raped, destroyed the country with the West's darling, yeah. the Middle East's darling, mm. want to come back. The West wants them back because they love a puppet government that does everything it says. Mm. They've stolen over 40 billion US dollars worth of assets from Ethiopia. People are suffering from terrible sanctions. More have been slapped on because America failed in its sham peace talks last week in Johannesburg that is forced on the Ethiopian government you know, to talk to terrorists is unheard of. America wouldn't do it. No, it forced Ethiopian government to do that. And then the EU clapped on yet more sanctions. We were there. We saw people on one meal a day sharing it with refugees. There are 8 million refugees in America. Nobody knows that. Shame on Australia with our Nauru and Manasapalans, Ethiopia takes in refugees, even though it's going through the worst, you know, yeah. almost yeah. as bad as Yemen, but it's not being bombed by foreigners. But mm. they're having to tread very carefully for that not to happen. Um, as the West, America particularly, has a quite open plan to carve Ethiopia into five countries to divide up its resources, and England, uh, France, Germany, and America will have different sections. So in the east, there's uranium, um, titanium, and tantalum. The America wants that. That's Welo. They want the trade route in Asa, 
east of Tigray that gets you through to the Red Sea. Um, England wants to, the fossil fuels, it wants the oil uh, reserves that are west, northwest, mm-hmm. um, and Germany would love the thermal energy that's in the north and the centre. That, that's a whole plan. Europe, white people, Caucasians, feel entitled to use Africa as their resource to denigrate the people. Italy, with its new, you know, Brothers of Italy party, um, caused the death of yet more Africans in the Mediterranean Sea um, earlier, last, it was last month. Um, the Coast Guard saw a foundering shipload of Africans, including Ethiopians, and wanted to rescue them. And their bosses said, no, don't, they're Ethiopian. And so there's a ripple of hatred mm. for Ethiopians throughout the world. It's increasing. A brilliant top student in America was found dead, murdered in her compound. She's mm. done nothing. Uh, people are attacked all the time in Australia because they're African, mm. especially Ethiopian. They suicide because of the gang rapes upon them. Um, the notes are always destroyed by police because they're in Amharic, the suicide notes. Mm-hmm never investigated. I'm really afraid of hatred getting worse, and I've just noticed that the embassy in Australia is virtually closed, has been since August last year. Beth kept secret. Janet, just before we uh, sort of go any further, I guess just, you know, there's a whole there's a whole context and a background we can get into, but if we can just, I guess you know, look back to uh, November third, twenty twenty, when the junta started uh, a series of wars in northern Ethiopia. As you've previously mentioned, uh, you know the the you know the forces that currently engaged in the junta were were in power for a significant amount of time. But can you just Give, give our listeners some context of you know what what was the situation that led to this junta in, back in 2020 and and you know how how did it uh, sort of come to be and and it come to be so incredibly violent and, and barbaric. Okay, but what is a, a really good question. So, Dr. Abiy Ahmed Ali, the Prime Minister, was virtually asked to come to power. Um, to take over because the TPLF had been in power for 27 years. The um, leader was very old and and tired. And he took over March, April uh, 2018. From the moment he took over, he endured um, assassination attempts. You know, there were van loads um, brought in by NGOs and through embassies from Europe of weapons, uh, a coup was attempted. The young soldiers were funded with, you know, um, uh, with uh, English pounds. So continual fermenting of unrest because a good leader was in power and he refused to be a puppet. While we were there in 2020, um, there were some riots that Europeans paid Ethiopians to actually perform. So about 400 people were killed. Um, you know, popular singer was assassinated and mayor was assassinated. It was try- the, the aim was to make it look like ethnic division, which is the uh, colonialist game. And by the way, Ethiopia has never been colonised with Liberia. 
They're the only two countries never colonised in uh, Af- the whole of Africa. But that's the mentality um, that post-colonialist ma- mentality dominates and it still is divide and rule. So these riots happened. Um, outside our hotel, there was a mound of machetes left, yeah. possibly poisoned on the blade. Um, Ethiopians were supposed to pick them up and have Rwanda Mark II. No one touched them. The city council came and picked them up. They were left all around the capital, Addis Ababa, with its population of nearly 7 million. The riots did destroy um, the major industrial area of Ethiopia called Cheshamania, full of geniuses. It destroyed um, schools, hospitals, industry, libraries, um, Somali mercenaries in trucks ran over, pregnant Jewish women. Mm-hmm. So Muslims surrounded synagogues or monasteries and Jews surrounded mosques to prevent further destruction. Mm. In a form human bodyguards, this happened around the main, um, the biggest uh, monastery in the city, uh, which is uh, St. George's. Um, people protected that. Could have been a lot worse, but Ethiopians don't want to fight. They want peace. This didn't work. There were there was Trump saying, "Damn the bomb!" You know, the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam on the um, Nile River, the Blue Nile River, about 200 kilometres in from the west border with Sudan. So there were attempts. There were continual attempts to. Um, to destroy that because yeah. you know Africa mustn't have a good anything good. Egypt made a lot of noise. Oh, we won't have enough water. That's mm. about eighty nine percent because the English arranged that for most of the last century. And hey, it will have water. And because of the dam, Sudan is not flooded with two hundred and fifty thousand people at least displaced uh, every winter. Um, you know, with the heavy rains, with their governments, both Sudan's governments, not helping them. So it's a good thing for um, the Horn of Africa and it's a really good thing for Ethiopia and the people need that hydroelectricity because mm. most in rural areas are still without it. So that was an excuse to come down on Ethiopia and put more sanctions on. So that happened all through that year. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I want to... Sorry, General. I wanted to ask about the the sanctions in a second, but I just just going back to a, you know a point that you raised earlier in in terms of you know the, I guess sort of Western influence and you know and, and many countries in Europe and the UK and the US uh, you know really whether directly or indirectly supporting and backing the the TPLF. Uh, what I mean, how how can this be justified? Of course, you know any of our listeners to the program would be of course familiar with. The West uh, backing uh, despotic uh, regimes and, and and yuntas for their own reasons and imperial sort of purposes. But what what I guess what is the the crux of the reasoning here? Why is there so much interest in Ethiopia from uh, foreign powers, and and why are they backing this uh, this force? Okay, so Ethiopia has a population of almost 120 million in Ethiopia itself. Could be 114 million. Say 120 million. It's strategically well located for the Middle East and for the whole of Africa, being there in the east, um, 
of Africa and the Horn of Africa. It, um, with Emperor Haile Selassie I, back in the 1960s, was Pan-African. He assisted people uh, in many countries, you know, shake off colonialism, supported them afterwards when they were left for dead with nothing, you know, by the exiting, usually the English. Um, and he helped form the what is now the African Union. So Ethiopia still is pan-African, except when it has a terrible weak government like the TPLF from 1991 to 2018, which is a puppet government. So in the five, last five years, um, France has um, bombed and killed about 100,000 Africans in different countries, former colonies. Um, it, you know, put in, um, it assassinated the uh, good leader in Guinea, put in its own puppet. This is just what Europeans do because they they want the strategical benefit. They don't want China to get control, um, you know, through its enterprise. They don't want Russia to think of, you know, controlling Africa. There are strong mining interests. Um, Australia has big ones in Ethiopia. Um, after the atrocities in November when 70,000 Amhara, mainly Jews, mainly farmers, were buried alive, run over by trucks, men, women, children, pregnant women, babies, elderly, in Tigray, um, because Tigray has a lot of Amhara because the TPLF made sure that it got a lot of their lands. Um, and anyway, people, people mixed together voluntarily in Ethiopia um, after that, the government had a whole lot of terrible war criminals that wanted, um, you know, a wanted list. Well, the Australian government from Khartoum in, in the Republic of Sudan, North Sudan, flew out about 27 of those war criminals to Australia. They were, you know, citizens and 200 kilos of Ethiopian gold. So Australia has big mining interests in Eritrea and Ethiopia. And it is making all these noises in support of the UN with sanctions. I think also Australia is trying to gain more power for itself in the UN and please the big, you know, the big leaders. Um, the Ethiopian embassy is closed in, all but closed in um, Canberra. And in um, Ethiopia, the Australian embassy is completely useless. It's, it was very rude to a stranded Eritrean woman on her own, sleeping rough, mm -hmm. when Emirates cancelled her flight home to Tasmania, mm -hmm. made us sit across the road, um, wouldn't let her near the embassy, uh, spoke roughly into Grinya to mm -hmm. her. And, and they were appalling towards Mesfin and I, who were stranded for a total of 14 and a half months. And I guess if we can now go back a little bit, I mean, many of our listeners... Perhaps they, they're aware of uh, Ethiopia in, in, in terms of some contemporary he uh, history and, and perhaps what they see on the news. But unfortunately, many people don't know the, the sort of the history of uh, colonization and I guess in particular the Mussolini's invasion of Ethiopia in 1935 and the ramifications that had. Uh, Mesfin, obviously you have a very personal connection to, to this, these stories and the, the history of Ethiopia itself. I mean, in, in your mind, 
do you think these events, Mussolini's invasion and, and also the incredibly courageous uh, resistance to that invasion, do you think that they really uh, hugely impacted on you know everything that sort of followed uh, in Ethiopia and, and the sort of, like, I guess, the history now of colonization and interference and, and war that unfortunately has become, has become the reality for Ethiopian people? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you two messages. My perspective is the world wants Ethiopia, not Ethiopians. Mm. They have so much to offer. I'll hand you over. Uh, thank you. Look, this Western interference from the beginning, the first time European colonialists defeated by Ethiopians. That defeat we called it but the Battle of Adwa. After 45 years, they came back again, the Europeans, especially Italy, Britain, and France, to expanded colonialism in Africa. So they defeated. Still, they have revenge. To be honest, I have to tell you the truth. This is revenge. To destroy it, they tried to make Ethiopia five small, weak country. They tried in my lifetime. I served for Ethiopian Special Force, and I was also anti-hijacker in the army and uh, air marshal. So what we have seen, fully hate. They don't want the big Ethiopia to, to survive there. That's why they try the past 20 years, they cut Ethiopia into peace. One become a country called Eritrea. It was Ethiopia in my age. That country was one, one Ethiopia. Now Ethiopia comes to. What is the project having with this trumpet TPLF to make Ethiopia five small pieces? And the deduction of also between seven to 10 million people. So that's why they are sending the flame. Not a food, by the name of NGO, non-governmental organization, all of them, they are mercenary. They have bad, bad, bad message to the, to the society. They stop it and farmer not to do a farm. They make them a food handout to live. So that's not the culture of Ethiopians. So the past 16 months, when they were stuck there, we have seen even Ethiopian traditional herbal medicine maker, the Americans involving. Mm. And they stop them. They sabotage their, their... I'm telling you, you cannot find those herbal trees anywhere on earth. They make it to be burned. This is sabotage. You see, they make Ethiopians to rely on the Western weapons, the Western drugs. They don't need us to Ethiopians to make their own herbal medicine. So this is what I have seen. So this is indirect colonialism. Mm. You see now, they can't do it like a second world war time. They can't do it like the previous time. But the indirect colonialism, French, the west part of Africa, East, the English, and South, German, Dutch, 
all these problems still there. That's why the Ethiopians every day they are dying to cross the, the Mediterranean Sea. Hundred of them, never been told. I'm, that's why I said to you, I feel shame by Australian media. They never ever bring a single person. When Ethiopia, they are dying mass grave, mm. hundred thousands. They never bring it for one second. That they are not human beings. This media is really, really media. Can I accept this kind of journalism or humanity? What is United Nations? United Nations is it's a forged Western brokers. Mm. It's not. It's not. I'm telling my, my 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 younger brother. He was serving for UN peacekeeping in Zaire. What he was been doing? He's telling me he rang me. No, I'm not keeping the children and peacekeeping here. Yeah, we're watching the mining and the gorilla. Because one gorilla, they're selling it up to half a million dollar for the European zoo and for Chinese. You see, human beings in Africa, they are less than gorilla. Mm. So my brother was been, he died anyway, but he served in bad way. My father also served in Korea two times. Mm. You see, so we have very disciplined military, peacekeeping in the world. But now they try to destroy Ethiopia. I'm really thank you very much to hear me this. No, uh, no. I will keep telling United Nations is, I've been working United Nations in Kenya and Somalia. It is a criminal company. Mm. It's a mercenary company. UN, UNICEF, all those. The many people I see in New Zealand, people, everyone has got a big jar. They put it on top of the fridge. All those money, they put it there. Mm. And they send it for Oxfam. <laughs> you said that money did not reach one census, but they use the starved children picture. They bring in the TV to get the money. What they are doing there? Spying. And spreading and how to get. In here, I, I used to work in the mining. I never see anyone being paid $2 per day. In Eritrea, Australia company paid 40 NACFA, means less than $1 mm. for the mining working a day, not per hour. It's, 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 it's $65 per hour. But in my yeah. other side, Australia and how much they are paid. Australian embassy, they treat me like a second citizen. Mm. Why? That is by our taxpayer money, mm. the embassy set up in Ethiopia, but even they not let you in. It's it's absolutely uh, criminal, uh, Mesfin, and I mean what you're saying there. Is essentially, if if we're to look at it honestly, uh, you know the United Nations, who of course have a lot of blood on their hands in in Africa, but the United Nations are clearly not helping the Ethiopian people. Uh, when you have uh, you know so many foreign uh, countries and and corporations who are there just to exploit the resources and exploit the Ethiopian people, I guess it's very difficult for for us to know. What, what we can do and what perhaps Ethiopian people can do. And I guess I just wanted to, you know, unfortunately this is something we could talk about for hours and hours, but I guess I just wanted to ask by, start, uh, sorry, finish by asking you both, 
What do what you think people can do? I mean, this is, you know, I guess the first start is for people to educate themselves on what's really going on. But outside of that, what can people do to express and show solidarity to Ethiopian people when they're up against so much, when they're up against, uh, you know, so many foreign powers, against the United Nations, against, you know, foreign corporations that are clearly just there to, to exploit them and continue this uh, this horrible situation? What, what can people do to uh, really express solidarity with the, the people who are suffering? May I answer? That's a wonderful question, Ray. May I answer? Ed Messon has an idea, and I, but I just want to say that um, they need to get Anthony Albanese to eat his words, to apologise to Ethiopia's leaders. In the UN, he was going, yes, 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 you know, there should be, uh, you know, enforced um, uh, ceasefire, you know, in square brackets, with with uh, terrorists being the TPLF and um, sanctions, he has never, to my knowledge, spoken to any of the leaders of Ethiopia, let alone the prime minister who speaks excellent English. So I think people should write many short letters to Anthony Albanese and to Penny Wong and demand that they hear the side of the Ethiopian government, that they respect the Ethiopian government that was elected in um, 2021, came to power in 2018, and um, stopped um, supporting foreign interference that's incredibly criminal and dangerous. In Djibouti and Somalia last month, the Ethiopian Defence Forces discovered 500... Sorry, 500 million euros worth of weapons supplied by Europeans to Al-Shabaab. Al-Shabaab was at that stage attacking Ethiopia. They'll do anything, support anybody to attack Ethiopia. So call them out. Stop running after the big powers just like some pathetic little uh, brother. Get a brain of their own. So I think if everybody writes with just one or two requests um, a short letter that's going to have a lot more of an impact than one person like me writing a blog. So just write a letter. It will cost you $1.10 for the postage stamp that you can email as well. But I think posting um, has a bit more impact. Please do it. I'll hand you over to Mr. Yes, thank you very much. That question is very much important. As I told you, when I was early 19 in New Zealand, the majority of New Zealanders, they've been supporting Save the Children, Unite Nation. But it goes to wrong hand. It's not for the right thing it goes. Especially, for example, have you seen the movie made by Hollywood, Black Hawk Down? I was there. Never been told those 28,000 Somalian been murdered by helicopter gunship. You see, it's not coming to the news. And then they make movie, they show you the other side, how they are hero. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, if individual Australian, New Zealand, they are really, really, really... They, you don't believe me, they're good humanity, they have wonderful humanity, but they controlled 
by the media and a powerful rich people. I see one community in, in, in Australia, you know, the mothers, when they have naughty children, oh, I'm going to call Peter Dyson, and then he will be disciplined. Mm. Peter, Peter Dyson, the children, they see him, and the, the immigrants see him like what? Like a dangerous animal. See, mm. which means they will keep you detention half of your life. Mm. And then when you finish your brain diet, they release you to do the suicide. Every every month, a minimum, you see immigrants, they do suicide in, in Australia and New Zealand. Why? We're not treated as a human being. Mm. That is United Nations even, you know, but the, the thieves, these people, the thieves, thieves, they are here in Australia. They have good life. They bought cash, a house. They're supposed to face taxes. So now they buy a house by cash. So Australia need really good journalism through the community. They have to hear us. They have to. We need to write. We need to tell us the truth. Even if we're not fighting there, believe me, Australians, they will have zero knowledge about what's going on the other side of the world. 